0: ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. John Barr, it has been five years now since the death of Jordan McNair. He was a redshirt freshman offensive lineman for the University of Maryland. Take us back to May 29 2018, and where Jordan McNair is and what's going on.
1: Well, Jeremy, it was the first day of summer workouts for the University of Maryland football players. It was a humid day in the low 80s. They had just come back from a break and the coaches wanted to set the tone. They had them doing 110-yard sprints. And Jordan McNair was struggling. He was struggling to complete the drill, as we heard from his teammates like Brian Plummer and Ellis McKenney.
2: It was 10 reps of a of a sprint workout. And around rep eight, he started failing out and it just didn't seem right. Like something seemed really off. And I turn around, and I see Jordan still on the ground back there. He's, you know, he's, he's not doing great. Some two trainers are trying their best to pick him up. He's not standing. They're standing with him laying on them with a towel around their neck and water being tossed on them at all points in time. I just remember him gasping for breath and he was saying, I can't breathe, man, I can't breathe. So,
0: John, Jordan McNair is in distress. He's having trouble breathing. What does the training staff, which is there... Uh, what do,
1: what does it do to address the situation? Well, Jordan was taken aside initially, and then ultimately he was taken to the training room where trainers began to treat him for cramps. Initially, they thought he had cramps. He was not presenting as somebody who was suffering from a heat-related illness. Uh, the head athletic trainer for the football team, Wes Robinson, checked in, and uh, it became apparent that what was happening to Jordan was far more severe than just cramping.
3: At that time, you know, I thought we were still dealing with kind of a low-level heat uh, heat cramp situation. I didn't have an indication that this was, uh, you know, an emergent situation that needed to be, you know, kicked up a notch to handle differently.
1: What got you to that place?
3: I went back to the back doctor's office, check on him again, um, and talked with him and was trying to get him some fluids. That's when he collapsed and started to have a seizure.
1: It was after Jordan had a seizure that they called 911, and Jordan was taken to the hospital where it was determined that his body temperature had reached a dangerously high 106 degrees. And then after a two-week ordeal on June 13th, 2018, Jordan McNair died from complications of heat stroke.
0: When Jordan McNair died five years ago today, the headlines and the airwaves were dominated by outpourings of anger, and a desperate search for answers.
1: Breaking out of the University of Maryland College Park, Jordan McNair
4: has died.
5: It was 100% preventable, and that should not
4: have happened. I want somebody to blame. This is somebody's fault. You have to fire the head athletic trainer. A kid died
1: on his watch. More shakeups at the University of Maryland. The head football trainer, Wes Robinson, who had been involved in the treatment of Jordan McNair, was fired.
0: This is the story of what happened next, away from the glare of the media spotlight. And it's a very different kind of story. So today, John Barr takes us on that journey, discovering not only how this failure unfolded, but it's also about the unlimited power of forgiveness. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Tuesday, June 13th. This is ESPN Daily.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. John, it's been
0: five years now since Jordan McNair died as a result of heat stroke. He was 19. Who was he? What had his
1: life been about? Yeah, he grew up in Randallstown, Maryland, Jeremy. It's a suburb of Baltimore. Uh, he was a standout basketball player before he switched to football. And he excelled. He was a big kid. You know, he, he became a four-star recruit. He was recruited by teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, but ultimately, he chose to stay closer to home at the University of Maryland Uh, which pleased his parents, who could watch him play every Saturday. How did his parents
0: get the news, the terrible news, that something had
1: gone wrong at practice? On that Tuesday morning, uh, Jordan's father, Marty, was at his mother's house when he got a call saying, Mr. McDare, there's been an incident
4: on the field. Jordan had a seizure. I was sitting in my mom's kitchen... And um, I remember I got a phone call saying, um, Mr. McNair, there's been an incident on the field. Jordan had a seizure. And uh, at that time, like, I'm already up and out while he's saying this. I'm en route to my car.
1: And after that, Marty McNair, Jordan's dad, he immediately went and picked up Jordan's mom, Tanya House, and they drove to the hospital together.
5: It was an hour ride, maybe, and it seemed like it was three hours. Because, um, you know, Jordan never been sick. 19 years, never been in the hospital, never been sick. And I'm like, well, why would he have a seizure? And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I'm thinking, just why? Just why? And um, so we get there, and um, uh, we go in, and I saw Jordan...
1: And when Tanya and Marty arrived at the hospital, that's when they first met Wes Robinson, the head athletic trainer from Maryland football, who had ridden in the ambulance with Jordan. Uh, Wes asked Tanya and Marty if he could stay
5: at the hospital, and he did. He asked me if he could stay there, and I was like, Yeah, you're fine. Because I I tried to stay there, but it was oh, it was so nerve-wracking.
3: It was just a lot of long hours. Uh, Staying at the hospital. I've tried to support the family as much as we could by being there.
5: And the whole night, Wes stayed there, he would, you know, text me and let me know, you know, his night was okay or, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. And he had a really, really genuine concern about Jordan.
0: Let's take a step back for a moment. John, Wes Robinson, the head athletic trainer for the Terps football team. What what was his reputation around Maryland, around
1: his profession? Well, Wes had a great reputation. He started his career at Purdue University, but it was always his aspiration to be a head athletic trainer for a major D1 college football program, and he got that opportunity at Maryland where he truly did value the relationships that he forged with players. Working with these athletes, did you get to know them much?
3: Oh, absolutely. And you definitely developed the relationships with them, get to know them. You you know, some of these kids, if they have an injury and you're in treatment with them and you're spending three, four hours a day with them, I've definitely had a good bond with a lot of the guys.
1: And he remembers Jordan McNair as the kind of guy who, when he walked into a room, you knew it and you knew it for all the right reasons.
3: Big smile, big personality. I mean, incredible. Respectful kid, always in on time. Uh, Just an amazing young man that, you know, you, you you wanted your kids to be around.
0: So Wes Robinson is disappointed. The staff was not able to save Jordan McNair. Meanwhile, Jordan's parents... They're coping with this unimaginable loss, this terrible grief, and and it's also made worse by something they find out that concerns Wes
1: Robinson. That's right. Yeah, they started getting text messages from some of Jordan's teammates, and and this is also information that would later come out in a report uh, that the University of Maryland made public. A, a number of Jordan's teammates say they heard the instructions that Wes Robinson shouted to his colleagues the day they were treating Jordan McNair on May 29th.
4: I remember a good friend of mine uh, pulled me to the side, and um, I got one of their text messages to the coach at Maryland. It was like, hey, you know, I can't believe they did that to Jordan. This is, you know, this just ain't right.
1: And the comment many of those players say they heard was Wes saying,
5: drag his ass across the field. And that's when I got mad. I was like, what? Why would he do that? I was like, drag, drag his ass across the field, what? I was done with Wes. I, I never wanted to hear from him again.
0: Coming up, how Jordan McNair's parents channeled their grief and anger and found a new way forward.
2: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from $25 and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags and more or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras and Samsung Smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
0: So John, Jordan McNair's life has been tragically cut short. He has died at the age of 19. And now his parents have reason to believe that when he needed it the most, the head athletic trainer at Maryland was not doing all that could be done to save his life. So with that in their heads, what happens
1: then? Well, there was the matter of paying final respects to Jordan McNair. There was a funeral, which was a moment for all of his teammates and for the Maryland football community at large to grieve, not to mention his family. Uh, But Wes Robinson, who had an emotional stake as well, wanted to be part of that. He wanted to attend the viewing and he did with his wife, Katie. Now at that time, Wes and the training staff, they'd been ordered not to conduct any interviews, not to speak with anyone. The matter was under review by the school. Uh, but in the midst of this, you know, he wanted to pay respects
3: to Jordan. Went to the, to the funeral home and, and it was hard. I mean, seeing everybody there, the things really hit home. went up through the line and McNair kind of grabbed me and Firmly and concisely told me that I wasn't welcome there.
4: It was like, you know, hey, like, wait a minute. You know, like, if you had something to do with this, like, don't come in here, like, you know, don't disrespect my family at that point. Do you remember what you said to him? I'm sure it went along the lines, I'm probably the last person in life you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, did you hold Wes accountable for Jordan's death? Yeah, of course. Because that was suspect number one. All I can see is drag his ass across the field. That's, that's all I can see and hear. And you said it. So that alone really, you know, yeah. So it's clear, John,
0: that Jordan McNair's parents, Marty McNair, Tanya House, they're, they're not in the mood to grant any kind of absolution to Wes Robinson at this point after what they've heard. What about the university? Where did they go from here?
1: Well, in the summer of 2018, the school put out the results of an external investigation. That investigation found that the athletic trainers led by Wes Robinson did not appropriately address the escalating symptoms of heat-related illness. Some of the actions of our athletic training staff, not the coaching staff, the athletic training staff, basically misdiagnosed the situation.
4: No apparatus was used for prompt cooling of the patient. Inadequate cooling devices were used, such as cold towels, ice packs, etc.
1: A lot of the focus of that investigation was centered on the fact that they didn't take immediate steps to lower Jordan's body temperature. The thing they could have done and should have done, the investigation found, was to get Jordan into a cold water immersion tub to immediately lower his body temperature. Why did you not put him in the cold tub?
3: I felt like if we put him in the pool that we would have to use was eight by eight by four feet deep. And I felt like the risk at that time was too great that he would drown. Because of the seizure, we would lose control of him. and He would go under the water.
0: So the investigators say he failed to perform his duty. What happens to Wes Robinson?
1: Ultimately, Wes Robinson paid for his mistakes with his job. He was fired in November of 2018. And and that put Wes on a downward spiral. He spent... Several months and years of his life in a really dark place.
3: Keep in perspective, because what we went through was nothing. But it wasn't easy, right? That was my identity. But yeah, there was there were some real bad days where I thought about some things that
1: I What kind of things?
3: I had, I had some suicidal thoughts at one point in time. It was a real bad day. But fortunately I knew, like I had um, you know, I had a family that I wanted to be around for. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a thing, but I had the thought. I think at some point and somewhere deep, um, whether I wanted to hear it or not, I always had Katie's voice in the back of my head that, you know, ultimately we need to get to a situation where something good comes out of this.
0: So, Wes Robinson has lost his career, uh, he's lost his reputation and he's struggling. What does he decide he has to do to get back in control of his life?
1: Well, he had considered reaching out to Marty McNair and, and Jordan's mom, Tanya House, on a number of occasions, and his wife, Katie, who worked in the health, healthcare industry and who helped uh, healthcare systems deal with families when healthcare outcomes didn't work out as expected. Uh, she was in Wes's ear telling him that he really did need to reach out to try to find some peace. Uh, but he just struggled with that. He he didn't know how to. And for months, he couldn't. There was litigation. Remember, this was also a period where Marty McNair and Tanya House were suing the University of Maryland system. They, they had taken them to court over the death of their son. and Wes just by virtue of that ongoing civil litigation, was prohibited from speaking with them. But he knew he wanted to and needed to. What he struggled with was how to do it, especially given what had happened at Jordan McNair's viewing and his uncomfortable encounter with Marty McNair.
3: I think that the thought was always there, but there was also, hell no, I'm scared to death and I can't do it. And quite frankly, it was years, right? It was a lot of time that you lay awake at night thinking about it, thinking about him.
0: And now, John, let's move forward uh, to the summer of 2021. So now it's more than three years since Jordan McNair's death. And Wes Robinson's been trying to find a way to to move past the guilt and the shame, whatever you want to call it, and he hasn't been able to summon the courage to contact Jordan McNair's parents. And then there's this, um, this moment, which you describe in your story.
1: Yeah, it was July of, of 2021, more than three years after Jordan's death. And Wes, who's an avid hiker, was with his family on a vacation out at Utah's Mount Zion National Park. And there was one day where he got up early and he decided to hike a famous hike up Angels Landing alone. He looks down at his cell phone. He's got one bar left of service, but he decides to text Jordan's mom.
3: I was out on this hike by myself. Yeah, for whatever reason that morning, I just, my thoughts kept coming back to Jordan. And so I got up to the top. And I said, well, <laughs> if there's ever a time, right, I'm thinking about him, uh, I'm going to send this text. And if it goes through, then it's meant to be.
1: What was the text?
3: Uh, the text was was to Jordan's mom. And it just said, uh, you know, this is Wes. I'm sorry to reach out like this. Um, it has been thinking about you guys a lot lately. I'm thinking about Jordan. I would love to. Um, be a part of keeping Jordan's legacy moving forward. Uh, So I sent that.
0: So Tanya House receives this message from Wes Robinson, this man that she holds responsible in some way for her son's death. She hasn't seen him since Jordan's funeral. How does she respond?
1: So after after Tanya and Marty communicate on their own, Tanya gets back to Wes Robinson and lets him know that, yes, they'd be willing to meet him to talk about a way to
5: move forward. After the whole situation, I never even thought any more about Wes. And I was really, really surprised that text that I received. He mentioned that he wanted to meet with us and this and so, and I was good with that because I'm a true believer in forgiveness. Um, because forgiveness frees my heart. If you hold resentment, or it doesn't, it it kills you. It really does. How did
1: he react to this communication?
5: Well, Wes
1: finished out his hike. He saw the response from Tanya, who essentially said, "Look, I've talked to Jordan's dad." And we want to meet you and see where this leads. And that just absolutely overwhelmed Wes.
3: Uh, I looked at my phone and she had texted me back. And, uh, yeah, they were, it was, she said, yeah, I'm daughter Jordan's dad. And we'd like to meet you and, and see where this leads.
1: How did that impact you?
3: Uh, I <laughs> sat down on the curb and
1: cried for about 10 minutes.
0: So now, you know, he's, he's put himself out there, Wes Robinson. He has initiated this meeting and this dialogue with Jordan McNair's parents um, after all this time when it's been troubling him. Uh, And and that's an understatement. So
1: so when do they get together? Well, it was about a month later. uh, Wes and his wife, Katie, um, decided to meet Jordan's parents for lunch.
3: Katie and I sat down up front. We got there before they did. Uh, I sat there with my head down, shaking. I'm not honest. I I didn't know what was going to happen.
4: You know, him and Katie were upstairs, and I walked up on him and hugged him. And uh, he just wouldn't stop crying. I'm like, "Bro, stop crying. It's okay. We forgive you."
5: I said, "You know Wes, Free your heart. Free your heart. It's nothing we can do to bring Jordan back, but we can move forward and being um, forgiving, and um, just take it from there."
3: That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and just from there, and we had uh, difficult, we had a difficult conversation
0: you know, there, there's the embrace and there is that emotion. But at some point, the subject has to come up. Why didn't you save Jordan's life? And what what did that mean when people heard you saying, drag him across the field, drag his ass across
1: the field? Yeah, it, it, you know, after the initial emotion poured out of Wes, you know, they they got into it. And they had some really... Uncomfortable conversations about what happened May 29, 2018. And, you know, Wes finally got to communicate to Jordan's parents, you know, the story from his vantage point of what happened that day uh, up to and including his comments drag his ass across the field.
5: I was glad, you know, he went into, you know, his side and what have you. And the phrase, drag his ass across the field, wasn't exactly in the context that we received it.
3: Well, that isn't exactly what I said. What I said was, keep him up and moving, drag his ass if you need to. And the intent was more to get across to my staff, hey, this is important. Make sure that we keep him moving so that he doesn't cramp up, so that he continues to recover. And it was a very poor choice of words, um, but the intention was not negatively directed at Jordan. I think that they saw that I wanted to contribute, and I wanted. We had this. Ultimately, we had the same goals, and that's athlete safety and trying to move forward.
0: So they've had this extraordinary meeting, and forgiveness has been offered from Jordan's parents to Wes Robinson. But, but John, that's that's not the end of the story.
1: What happens next? Well, Wes really wanted to work with Jordan's parents. Literally days after Jordan's death, Marty McNair had formed the Jordan McNair Foundation. He was determined to turn his son's
4: tragedy into something positive. To protect student athletes from heat illnesses, parents and coaches need to act as a team. Let's play
1: safe. And Wes thought that he could be a positive contributor to that effort. And that's really a, a lot of what they discussed. How can I get involved? How can I help? How can we? How can we turn this horrible situation into a positive? And it was through his outreach to Jordan's parents that that effort became a reality.
4: Let me introduce Wes to everybody. Wes is going to talk to you about what you should be looking at on the field of play.
3: Thank you. My job uh, was to take care of Jordan, okay? And that, that's why I'm here today.
1: Working together, Wes Robinson, Marty McNair, and Tonya House, uh, through the Jordan McNair Foundation, they've successfully lobbied state and local governments. Uh, New laws are now on the books in Maryland, which guide how public schools treat heat-related illnesses. Coaches have to have emergency action plans in place, as well as the equipment on hand, like cold tubs, to treat heat-related illness. And just recently, Jeremy, uh, Representative Kwaizi Mfume from the state of Maryland Uh, has said that he's prepared to introduce a bill in Jordan McNair's name. This would be, if passed, a federal law which would require schools that take federal funds to have emergency action plans in place to treat heat-related illnesses. And I spoke recently with Jordan's parents and they are just uh, blown away by the thought that something like this could happen and, and have their son's name on it.
0: For Wes Robinson, John, what does forgiveness mean now? The forgiveness that has been extended to him by
1: Jordan's parents? That, to me, is the most touching part of this story, Jeremy. It's um, You had a guy in Wes Robinson who, at his lowest point, uh, contemplated suicide. This is a story about the power of forgiveness. And we talked with Marty and Tanya about that. Uh, and it was interesting to me to hear from Marty. He said he he was grateful to
4: Wes for the
1: freedom that he had given him.
4: The forgiveness, the freedom that he gave me. Freedom that he gave you. I think forgiveness gives freedom to the person harboring the, the resentment. Some people hold on to resentment. You know, or hold on to those ill feelings, but we couldn't do the work that we do if we had ill feelings along the way with that.
5: No good comes out of that. No good. No good to hold on to bitterness. Um, no good not forgiving people. N- nothing good comes out of that. How does Wes
0: think about now what happened that day?
1: He told us he struggles. He told us there are still nights he can't sleep. Uh, And he acknowledged he still has some tough conversations with Tanya and Marty, Uh, but they've found a common purpose and they've also found a way to move forward together. And and so far, they're doing it.
3: I still have days that I don't sleep well. I know they still have days that they struggle and I'm sure they have days that they're not very fond of me. Uh, But they have the heart to see the big picture that we can do something incredible together and trying to make sure that this doesn't happen again.
0: John Barr, thank you. You bet. You can see John Barr's report, The Freedom Within, today on Outside the Lines on SportsCenter or on the YouTube link in our episode description. I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.